podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris and the Paracast, and this is going to be the episode that you can dream about, because it's not going to be about UFOs, it's not going to be about Bigfoot, it's not going to be about ancient mysteries or Nazi UFOs, we're going to focus more on your dreams or maybe dreams from the afterlife later on. Right now, let's just kind of look at the fallout to last week's appearance from Dr. Joseph Farrell. Predictably, Chris, I guess you'd agree with me, the response was all over the place. Some people just love listening to this guy. I do. One listener suggested, gee, couldn't we have added another hour or two to this episode? He's so much fun to listen to. But other listeners have problems with his science, suggesting that maybe his grasp of science leaves a little bit to be desired. Well, you know, uh, it's really difficult to look at years and years of research uh, simply based on a, you know, three-hour radio program. I I think anyone who is interested in the topics that we covered uh, with Dr. Farrell would uh, probably best be served uh, by reading his books. I, I think uh, it's very difficult to lick the tip of the iceberg of such a massive amount of, of research that he's done over the years. And he has a very, very astute mind when it comes to weaving threads of research together and coming up with what-if scenarios. And, you know, he's very, as he mentioned several times during the show, Gene, he, he is very careful to state when he's speculating as opposed to you know presenting information that may be half baked in some of our listeners minds as reality and as as fact so having read most of his books uh i i have a much better grasp i think of the subject matter than the average listener out there would and i do i do urge everyone if they're interested in these topics to to visit his research he is one of the top researchers that we have in the field and it's not by accident that he has uh, degrees from Oxford University. I mean, that, that fact alone should give him at least a little bit of credibility in the minds of some of our more skeptical listeners. And remember, he uses the term heightened speculation. So he's like taking that. a bunch of possibilities, a lot of evidence, and saying, what if it was this? What if it was that? Obviously, he can't sit here, one guy, and prove everything or even much of anything. But he's sitting there to get you to think about possibilities, possibilities that to him are realistic. Yeah, it's you put enough ducks together in a group and if they start quacking, it's uh, it's kind of hard to determine that they're uh, swans. (laughs) Gotta watch out about them swans. But I mean, the point being that, yes, if he makes a scientific error or some of his scientific logic is questionable. Point it out. I mean, he's aware of our forums, he's aware of the show, and he's aware of the criticisms. And I'm sure in due time, if he feels the need to respond, he will. No. Well, you can't argue with his output. I mean, the guy must sit there, you know, 18 hours a day researching and writing. He's incredibly prolific, almost to the uh, Nick Redfern level. I mean, he's come out in 10, 10 years. He's come out with, you know, at least a book and a half a year. And that shows me a real dedication to the subject matter and a real drive to find out the truth. And I think we need more Joseph Farrells out there doing the work, 
um, doing the research and presenting what they've found in a a very systematic and cogent way. I, I really, my hat's off to him. I really do enjoy reading his books. I don't agree with everything that he postulates or some of his heightened speculation may be a little bit too over the top for my taste, but the information regarding the banking systems, uh, the funding, potential funding of black projects, where some of this technology ended up. I mean, that's all very fascinating uh, stuff for me, at least. Uh, I can't speak for you, Jay, but it's, I really enjoy, uh, enjoy going through his work. And, and I think one book that we didn't talk about that is really good is The Cosmic War which takes Sitchin to way to the next level and is, 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 it makes much more sense than these more simplistic uh, version of ancient uh, historical references to gods and, and potential off-planet intelligences. His take on it is much, I think, more grounded in, in, in what we know of the historic record as opposed to uh, reinterpreting cuneiform words to mean something other than accepted academia would would suggest so that's a good one to put on your reading list listeners uh the cosmic war by dr joseph farrell maybe we'll set aside a whole discussion for it because i could see the interest is there i mean we were loaded up with questions early on and i expect that next time he's here and he's going to be here again in the near future we're going to have more now speaking of the near future once your friend david perkins gets back and ready we're going to put you two together in a little room a little virtual room to talk about stalking the herd. Oh, I can't wait, boy. It's going to be fun. Uh, David Perkins and I, over the past 17, 18 months, have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on the phone going over the finer detailed points of, of the calumulation historical record and possible theories about how certain memes within that particular realm arose. And he doesn't do radio shows. He has agreed to do the Paracast, and I'm really excited about it. And he's a brilliant guy. You know, he's got a master's in political science from Yale. Extremely uh, well-spoken. One of the best writers, if not the best writer that I know. The guy is incredibly talented. And his uh, creative mind and his insight is uh, head and shoulders above uh, most people in the field, including yours truly. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. That's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. We'll be hearing from Chris O'Brien and David Perkins. And I think the first question I'll ask Chris when we do that episode on Stalking the Herd, after all this research and when you started putting the book together, what surprised you? What developments came out of it that you just didn't expect? Let's hold that question for later on, okay? Okay. Start thinking about it, all right? And, you know, if you have three or four answers, that's okay. Oh, I do. You know, and also see how your views change from beginning the research to where it is now to where it seems to be going. We'll have to see. Now, today is a show you can dream about. Yeah, in your dreams. (laughs) Something like that. I'm going to ask Rosemary Ellen Guiley when she comes on our next segment about dreams from the afterlife in the sense that I've had dreams occasionally about my late father. And my late brother, but not my mother. Isn't that weird? Hmm. And the question is, how do I know that my brother, wherever he is, and I'm not going to assume he's up there, he did some wacky things in his life, whether he really cares about getting in touch with me or it's just my memories of him. 
and also about my father. What's your perception of this? Well, I've um, I've always been very interested in the dreamscape, as it were. I've had uh, uh, quite a number of fairly amazing dreams where I've even had dreams of uh, lying in bed dreaming and waking up from one dream and back into the first dream. Kind of reminds me of that uh, movie that was out a couple years ago, Inception, which goes uh, dream within a dream within a dream. Uh, It's a fascinating topic. Uh, I think a lot of people have had dreams that they can't quite figure out and would always wonder through their life what that actually meant. Uh, The the important dreams stick with you. And I think Rosemary would be a perfect person to uh, talk about all this stuff. This is the kind of stuff she looks into, the stuff that science doesn't pay a lot of attention to. But we are all troubled by dreams, and we want to know if they mean anything or if it's just our subconscious playing tricks with us, trying to send us a message, or is someone else sending us a message? Listen to this. But it's not who you think it is. They're only using your dead relatives as a mechanism to convey some sort of information, or maybe it's racial consciousness. I summarize a lot of things here that probably have nothing to do with her book, but there you go. Rosemary Ellen Guiley coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount For all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas Brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. But don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. HerbalHealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Returning to the Paracast is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who has written some fascinating books about a number of subjects. We've talked about the gin and other mysteries, possibly psychic. And now, Rosemary, you've got a book covering dreams from the afterlife. And let me ask you here, how do we separate that from just dreams? There are certain characteristics that seem to distinguish these kinds of dreams, which have uh, been considered to be real experiences since ancient times. And there are no hard and fast rules. These are subjective experiences, but they do share common patterns. And uh, the dream visitations are perceived as real experiences by the dreamer. In fact, uh, quite often people are confused um, after they wake up as to whether or not they had a dream or they were in some other alternate reality having a real experience. Uh, They often have lucidity to them. Uh, People often know that they're having some unusual kind of experience while they're dreaming, but it still seems to them to be real. There are tangible sensory uh, phenomena like the ability to, to have tactile sensations, to uh, touch people who are dead, to touch other objects. Uh, they hear the voices of the dead, even though those are more mental telepathy transmissions than actual voices coming out of a mouth. They are often in some between place, like they feel transported to some sort of bridge location that is between the world of the living and the world of the dead. 
the dreams are all meaningful. Uh, they have uh, something of great importance to be imparted to the living that in turn uh, often helps them overcome their grief, uh, reinforces belief in the afterlife, and sometimes solves some problems and questions that are, the living are still wrangling with concerning the dead, like missing documents uh, for the estate and things like that. There are often uh, other hallmarks like brilliant light, intense colors, a supercharged atmosphere. And while none of these characteristics can prove that this is a real experience, they all seem to be a constellation of characteristics that are reported time and again over history by people who've had these experiences. Let me ask you the very silly question here to get started. And that is, how do we know any of this comes from people in the afterlife and that doesn't have another cause? And I was suggesting here that maybe something or someone wants to get a message to us, but to make it acceptable, it manifests itself in the form of some departed relative. Uh, by someone getting a message to us, you mean like another living person or someone on the other side? I would know what side they're on. <laughs> well, the impetus for these experiences does seem to come more from the other side than uh, from, the, from the living, although the living can, can certainly ask for it. We ask for it when we pine away for someone who's died. We want that final um, meeting with them. We want to say things we didn't get to say. So there, there is a calling out from our side that I think can facilitate uh, these sorts of experiences. But uh, when the dead comment on their ability to have a reunion with the living, they make the same kinds of comments. Uh, it was very difficult to do this. There are limited windows of opportunity. Time is always short. They can't stay very long. And they have to go back to where they came from and the living cannot go with them. Uh, so there seems to be some sort of mechanism that is required for these dreams to happen and it's not an even playing field because simply wanting the experience will not guarantee having the experience and it doesn't seem to have anything to do with uh, worthiness love abandonment any of those other issues it could very well have to do with some transmission of subtle energy that requires the right receptivity on our end and the ability to to penetrate this barrier on the part of the dead. Now, complicating that, we also don't know what the dead do immediately after they get into the afterlife, uh, whether they have the cognition and the energy to make this sort of contact, whether they go into a stasis period or a rest period, and how accessible they are to the world of the living. So there are a whole host of unknown factors that uh, we don't fully understand, and the right combination of them uh, seems to have to come together in order for the experience to take place. And yet it's quite common. Um, a lot of people have this experience, and a lot of times they don't talk about it because sometimes the therapist has told them it's just wish fulfillment, forget about it. Uh, or they're afraid that other people are going to think uh, they might be kind of crazy um, having a real meeting with the dead, even in dreams. Rosemary, how do we separate something that appears to be a genuine encounter with the afterlife than just wishful thinking or our subconscious taking our memories of these people and distilling them into some sort of framework? 
Uh, yes, there are those issues involved in these kinds of dreams, and the dead can uh, appear as dream symbols for us for years. That is quite common uh, for the dead to return as um, representing uh, memories from the past or certain characteristics um, in ourselves uh, or the way in which we handle uh, certain issues and problems in life. And uh, ordinary dreaming uh, tends to be different from these encountered dreams. Usually, uh, there's only one, maybe two of these kinds of dreams that a person is going to have. Um, and it's usually immediately or shortly after someone has died, within a few days, within a few weeks. I have encountered them uh, even as far out as a year or more, but that's uh, very unusual. So it's... Um, uh, these dreams happen when there's a lot of energy present for this kind of experience. And um, again, it, it's like a real meeting. It's not like um, ordinary dreaming, which uh, usually has no be uh, beginning, middle, and an end. It's usually not a complete story. Um, ordinary dreaming expresses things about ourselves and our anxieties and, and certainly could reflect back to us symbolic content about things like grieving. But the, the real encounters are like having a meeting with someone in ordinary life, like walking into a coffee shop and sitting down with someone and saying, hey, oh my gosh, you're dead. Uh, what are you doing here? And then having a conversation that is very pointed short and intensely meaningful to the to the living person and then the dead person makes their departure uh, and they usually say things like uh, please don't grieve for me i'm really fine uh, i want you to be happy that leads us to a question by one of our listeners uh vesvi highfolk who's been a poster at uh, forum.theparacast.com since early 2010 one more more active members and he says i often have dreams of my great-grandfather I often see his death, and I see him as he looks in pictures. When I see my great-grandmother, I see her as she was when he died 20 years old. Is this a message from him or simply dreams? And they, he mentions that this uh, happens once every few months. He has this dream. We'll get into Rosemary's answer in a moment. Her book is called Dream Messages from the Afterlife, and so much more to cover on that subject. Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Dot com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X dot com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? See, Chris avoided the temptation in saying you're in the afterlife. <laughs> because that's not the name of the show, but you know. No, you we're, know. we're very much alive here, Gene. Well, okay, some people might disagree with you. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Chris asked the question, would you respond? Uh, when someone has frequent dreams like that, if this was happening to me, and this is the approach that I would take in dream work facilitation with someone, uh, that I would, I would look at them first as symbolic. 
the genuine encounter dreams, uh, and when I say genuine, I'm, I'm referring to these as subjective experiences, and uh, uh, we have to take into account how people are affected by them and how they interpret them, but they don't happen very often. It's a one-off, it's maybe a couple of dreams, whereas uh, when the dead come repeatedly in dreams, we should look first at what they are symbolizing to us. If the dreamer is uh, reviewing that person's death on a repeated basis, there may be some unresolved emotions uh, over that death uh, or the relationship with the, the grandparent, like some unfinished business or closure that may need to, uh, to occur. Uh, that's how I would approach those, uh, that frequency of dreaming. Okay, that's that makes sense to me. Um, I, I would think that the, the potential for real contact would, like you said, be short and sweet and probably only happen once, maybe twice. Um, I have another uh, couple of questions from Polterwurst, uh, who's posted his questions for Rosemary at forum.theparacast.com. He wanted to know if there's a way to tell between genuine contact with a disincarnate or or just a dream about them. And I think you you've kind of really answered that question but this is an interesting one here that he has if dreams are the most common way of communication in this form are psychic mediums somehow able to achieve dream states while perfectly awake and seemingly not in a trance if so how do they differentiate between genuine contact in these waking dreams and the separation from their own imagination and he goes on to say maybe some aren't trying to differentiate at all so that's a good question. How how does a psychic medium, how are they able to differentiate between uh, their own imaginations and, and a true, uh, you know, disincarnate contact? Well, the faculty of imagination is, is part of this process. It's the ability to perceive something that isn't readily apparent to the five senses. And so um, altered state work. Uh, involving trance and giving readings and things like that, uh, like dreaming, uh, does involve the faculty of imagination. This is a question that has been quite a stumbling block to psychical researchers and parapsychologists and people attempting to put a, uh, a scientific uh, perspective on uh, all of these subjective experiences. How do, we, how do we define or get around or try and objectify these subjective experiences. Um, mediums and psychics do go into altered states when they give readings, and that can be anywhere from kind of a, a light alpha state to something that is, uh, you know, a, a deep trance where uh, a medium allows a complete takeover by a, a communicating uh, personality. And there's another factor, too, which... Um, uh, an old psychical researcher by the name of W.T. Stead described as the stained glass window effect. And that's that uh, when light comes through a stained glass window, people see the colors differently. And so we're always going to put our personal perspective, uh, our interpretation on these sorts of experiences. A, a medium's contact with the dead, to me, is... It's, it's indirect as opposed to having your own direct experience because it's being interpreted for you by the medium. And they're going to have a whole host of uh, factors at play consciously and subconsciously in terms of how they interpret the, experience, the, the uh, information that they get. 
when you have a dream, it's a direct experience. And in fact, uh, dreams have been called throughout the ages as a direct experience of God because uh, they take us into uh, another realm. Plato called them the between state, the place that we go uh, to meet the gods, uh, to have encounters that are impossible or difficult in waking consciousness. So the, the dream provides us this direct bridge into uh, these other realities that have their own uh, validity, their, even their own ground rules, so to speak, which are much different than ordinary reality. And the, the thing that I find, one of the things that I find very significant about these experiences is that the descriptions of them and the patterns of them are fairly consistent over time and culture. And uh, even though we, we don't really have a good scientific mechanism for proving them, we have, uh, you know, what science would call evidence in support of, which is how science winds up dealing with the paranormal in general most of the time, is uh, we have evidence in support of things, but we don't have scientific evidence proving things. And so we have lots of evidence in support of these experiences being fairly consistent to human beings over um, over history that indicate that we have these opportunities for contact with otherworldly realms, and that includes the afterlife. Well, Poltawurst goes on and has a couple of other questions here. I'm gonna. Um, it's a little early in the show to be asking questions, but we do have so many, and I think that they're perfectly in line with where we're going in the conversation. And this has to do with near death reports. He wonders, could the differences in NDE reports and what seemed to be, as you put it before, in between uh, the lines or in between lives memories, sometimes reported in alleged reincarnation cases, does that mean that we all dream up our own afterlife? In other words, is there some sort of imagination process that creates our own afterlife for us? Well, in a sense, yes. Uh, And I I do agree with that in a way. And um, I, I would explain it from the standpoint of the, the concept of the astral plane in occultism, which is uh, where the afterlife is on the astral plane. It's on a level of the astral plane. And the astral plane is fluid. It's formless and fluid, and it molds itself to expectation to, and to thought. Uh, communications that we receive from the dead that come through direct experience like dreams, through channelings, through mediumship, through readings, um, have weighed in on this reality. Uh, The literature for uh, all of these communications is quite substantial. And um, what seem to be dominant themes in these communications are that... that, um, uh, the, the afterlife molds itself to your expectations. And my own theory is, my own feeling, is that uh, when we die, we go to a place of transition. And uh, this is most commonly described as a beautiful garden or park-like state. Robert Monroe described it in his OBEs. He felt it was the transition point uh, to the afterlife. Uh, it's described in, in many of these dream experiences as the, the meeting place and uh, in, in other mediumistic communications as well. So we, we seem to go to a place that, of peace and beauty and calmness where we can make our transition. 
And uh, then it seems to be uh, that the dead get adjusted to the afterlife where um, we have places and uh, surroundings and things that are familiar to us. And I think this is uh, one possible explanation that can account for um, cultural uh, perceptions of the afterlife. When people have NDEs, for example, when Betty Eadie had her NDE, it conformed very strongly to her Mormon upbringing. Uh, but another person who isn't a Mormon, for example, or might be of another religion, could have an entirely different uh, first vision of the afterlife. And both of them would be correct. Um, and I believe that at some point, after adjustments are made, that we go into other stages of the afterlife that become probably beyond human comprehension. Let me do the break here. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is author of Dream Messages from the Afterlife. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> largest independently owned communications network GCN Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies paranormal activity and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host Cheryl for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors. So it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the No-No, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card. And you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible No-No hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-6062. That's 800-953-6062. 800-953-6062. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. 
All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's DrOrtman.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. The Paracast explores the afterlife with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. I have a dumb question. Okay, Rosemary. I have noticed probably in the last couple of years occasional and or recurring dreams about my father who died on my birthday in 1988 just shy of his 79th birthday and my brother and if you want to know about my brother by the way do a google of wallace herbert steinberg has an interesting career in the healthcare industry and he died in the mid 90s in his early 60s rather suddenly in his sleep so the dreams mostly are about them being alive, me interacting with them, but not so much for special messages or conversations, just hanging out. Is that just hanging out, having a dream, or is there more to it? If those are my dreams, I would interpret them from an ordinary dream perspective, i.e. having symbolic content meaningful to me. Uh, sometimes we have dreams that connect us with the past, with memories that are pleasant, and it may be um, something going on in our current life that uh, we feel we need to uh, either get in touch with those emotions again, or there's something about the relationship or the person that's meaningful to us in a symbolic way. From the conventional dream work perspective that many therapists employ, everything in a dream, including other people, are treated as um, literally messengers of the self. They represent something about the dreamer. And dreams are highly emotional in content. Uh, they mirror back to us uh, how we're really feeling about ourselves and how we're doing in life. They can bring material up from the subconscious uh, that helps us sort things out in the present. So I would look at the individuals in the dream. Uh, what do they have to say about me? Uh, what emotions are evoked by, by the relationship and that time period, and see if it makes sense in any contemporary sort of uh, perspective. That would be a starting point. In my case, what it is is that 
the encounter with them seems natural. In the dream state, I presume they're alive and going about their business, and it doesn't occur to me until the end of the dream or when I get up, hey, of course, they're no longer here. Uh, there are maybe may some old lingering uh, emotional threads, uh, even about coming to terms with uh, somebody's passing. Um, there may be something uh, that's passing in the present life, like uh, in your activities now, that uh, is going away, and uh, or maybe is symbolically dead in some energetic sort of way, and uh, you haven't fully shut the door on it. Uh, those would be possibilities too. All right, I've got one. I've got a real good one for you, Ro. <clears throat> this was a very bizarre dream I just recently had um, about a month ago. I I don't think you ever met Naya, but um, I was in a relationship for eight years with a wonderful woman. Um, we kind of drifted apart about 2007, and she died of galloping leukemia uh, this past June. And, uh, it, you know, after being together with somebody for eight years, obviously, you know, I went through some emotional turmoil about her just sudden passing. I mean, it was it was lightning fast. And um, a month ago, I had a dream of her. She came right up in my face and was was talking to me, but I couldn't hear her. And she seemed very insistent. Um, the dream was was quite lucid. And at one point there was movement above my head. I turned and looked up. And this, the only way I can describe it, it's like a blob of, of like rubber or some sort of latex material filled my mouth and I could feel it starting to hard and I spit it on the ground and the part that had gone up between my teeth and my lips had hardened and I pulled this ring of rubber out and I threw it on the ground. I instantly woke up and I thought, man, that was totally bizarre. I mean, it was really lucid. It was in color. And then uh, come to find out, um, right around that time across the street, there was a murder-suicide that happened um, in the house across the street from me, which I, I didn't really equate the two, but I'm wondering, perhaps there was some sort of warning there? Uh, this was the only dream I've ever had of her since she died, and I, I just find the, the timing uh, rather disturbing. Uh, you had the dream at about the time of the, uh, the uh, murder? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what the time of death was, uh, but yeah, it would have been within the same hour. Well, there are um, dreams on record in, in the literature of the, the dead returning uh, for light, what I uh, call life guidance dreams, and that includes warnings, uh, that they, they have warnings of significance for um, the, the dreamers. Sometimes it's very personal in nature. And uh, sometimes it's not pertaining to them, but uh, warning of some other events that are going to happen of a precognitive nature. And that is another uh, category of dream visits from the dead, how much they combine um, symbology and the precognitive faculty of the dreaming mind with perhaps a real visit. It could be a combination of the two. But uh, that may have been what happened in your case. And uh, also combined with, uh, with the fact that her death was a shock. I remember uh, the announcement when she died. I think I saw it on your, your wow. Facebook page. And, uh, you know, you had told me a lot about her, and, and I was shocked, too. I can imagine what it must have been like for you. Yeah. And 
there could have been uh, some closure elements there too. Uh, the dead do return to warn of significant events and they also uh, come back to um, finish up business too. And some of those yeah. dreams do occur far out from the actual death. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was very striking. I mean, uh, what really uh, was kind of disconcerting was I saw her, you know, at, when I first remember seeing her, she was some distance away, you know, 10, 15, 20 feet away. And then she came right up in my face and she was very insistent talking to me. Her lips were moving, but I couldn't hear anything, which uh, I'm not sure if that's symbolic or something. <laughs> but uh, it, it was very disconcerting. And um, you can imagine my surprise upon going outside and seeing all the emergency vehicles across the street, um, you know, having my, my cup of coffee. Uh, so, yeah, I did. I do have a sense that maybe she was warning me of something. But what's up with the with the mouthful of like latex <laughs> that i spat on the ground that's bizarre is that is that just is that part of the possible warning or is that just some sort of weird um detail that uh i i mentioned to somebody and they said oh it was manna from heaven i said hell no it was there's no way i mean if it had frozen in my mouth or you know dried i wouldn't have been able to uh you know use my mouth again so maybe she was telling me to shut up <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a symbol that certainly needs uh interpreting in terms of um how uh, emotionally the feeling of having this in the mouth the mouth is a symbol of power and communication and if if that were my dream to have that sort of substance in my mouth it's the inability to communicate something and uh, so there may be something well, I, just, I just finished a half a million word book <laughs> After which you may not want to communicate anything ever again. <laughs> Maybe she's telling me you've been communicating too much. Shut up. <laughs> uh, it may also symbolize the inability to to do anything about what what was happening, um, you know, across the street. Uh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. So you're, uh, you know, our our, our dreaming mind um, sweeps the beyond the, the linear time landscape all the time and many people have precognitive dreams of uh, varying sorts and uh, uh, this also is another uneven faculty uh, and people experience it differently and sometimes they wonder why did I have this particular dream why did I see this event that, that came to pass and I couldn't do anything about it and uh, this seems to be a, a faculty that I think is still under evolutionary development in people, and we're uh, we're in kind of a kindergarten stage of it. Well, when we come back from our next break, I'd really like to get a little bit more into examples of warning dreams. I know I have read myself in the literature some pretty amazing dreams that uh, have been reported that that actually are precognitive in nature. Maybe we can go through some of those when we come back. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. We're going to explore that. The book is called Dream Messages from the Afterlife. And the author, and the author of many, many, many books, did I say many books, is Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And by the way, folks, we'll be doing an episode in the next couple of weeks featuring our own Chris O'Brien and his book Stalking the Herd, a monumental work representing many years of research into the subject. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in. 
right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Does advertising on the Genesis Communications Radio Network actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Free Strike Guy. And do the GCN listeners let you know they heard your ad? Customers do let us know they've heard Free Strike Guy ads on GCN. Uh, they seem to be very loyal listeners to GCN, and they stay with those shows, and subsequently they stay with our business too. Looking for positive results? Contact Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. But don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1980 welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg Yes, there he is, Marble Mouth Chris O'Brien himself. And I don't know where he got that just, voice from. I just imagine from. myself with a mouthful of with quickly drying latex. Okay, that's latex mouth O'Brien. And I don't know what I am, but we have Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and we know what she has to say. Chris, she wanted to bring up another topic. Yeah, this whole idea of precognitive dreams, I think the literature uh, is contains some pretty amazing examples of things that were um uh, you know dreamed about and then they came true do we have some good examples uh, uh that would, might take some of our skeptics and set them back a little bit i know there are some and i'm sure you've dug some up there are uh, quite a few uh, exemplary dreams of forecasting death that have been documented since ancient times. Um, Abraham Lincoln is probably the most famous one where he has the dream that uh, someone has died in the White House and he hears people crying and then, you know, he finds out that he's the one laid out in in the coffin. Um, But one of the more remarkable ones in terms of detail that really struck me occurred in 1914 and it ha- had to do with some of the events that triggered off World War One. History buffs remember uh, that uh, the Archduke Ferdinand and his wife were assassinated 
uh, as they rode in a motorcade and that this was one of the events that led to the war. It wasn't the, the entire cause because tensions were, were quite bad by then. But on the eve of their assassination, uh, a man who knew them by the name of Bishop Joseph Lanyi had this lucid dream that uh, he knew meant their death, uh, their impending death, and there wasn't anything he could do about it. And in the dream, he goes to his desk and he looks through some letters and he finds one bearing the seal of the Archduke. And he opens it up. It's in the Archduke's handwriting. The whole letter is bordered in black. And a postcard falls out. And it's a postcard of, of the Archduke and his wife in this motorcade. And then this scene comes to life. It's like he's watching a movie, not just looking at a postcard. He sees uh, two young men leap out from the crowd and shoot them to death. Uh, the letter is addressed personally to him, and at the end uh, it says from the Archduke, I herewith inform you that today my wife and I will fall victims to an assassination. We commend ourselves to your pious prayers. So he wakes up in the middle of the night in tears, and he just knows that this event is going to happen, and he can't do anything about it. And sure enough, it does. The only difference between his dream and the real event is that there was one assassin, not, not two. two. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you, Rosemary, how consistent is it for people to dream of their own death or the death of someone close to them? It's more common to dream of the death of someone close. Very rare to dream of your own death. Or at least you don't want to admit it. Uh, well, I, it probably would be so psychically shocking that it, it would be hard to come to terms with. I mean, we all know we're going to die, uh, but I've met very few people that really want to know exactly how and when they're going to die. And if they say they want, want to know that and someone gives that information, uh, they can go into states near nervous breakdown uh, as, as that date approaches. But isn't so, it also true that someone who is given that death sentence because they have a terminal illness and the doctor says, listen, you've got two weeks left, you've got six months, you've got a year. That's pretty much getting an end date. Well, it is. And then uh, it sometimes becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And there's been, uh, uh, you know, discussion and debate in the medical community about giving people a prognosis like that because it, they then expect to die. And then uh, do they actually... Uh, seal their own fate, more or less? Do they close themselves off from the possibility of some kind of a miraculous healing, for example? And a fatalistic placebo. Sure, but exactly. wouldn't you want, if you were a doctor, to tell your patient, look, all things being equal, this is not going to prolong your life. There are risks. You have to take steps for end-of-life preparation, even though we'll do the best we can to prolong your life if that's what you want. Uh, I do agree with you, Gene. And if I were in that situation, uh, I would want to know realistically uh, what time I had left too, so that I could put all of my affairs in order. It's one of those double-edged swords that, you know, you wind up having no real good answer for. But uh, we have also many cases of, of people who seem to have uh, delayed their deaths, chosen their time of deaths in order to get past um, meaningful anniversaries or dates concerning the living or until um, a family member is pre can be present at the passing. Uh, we have those situations, too. Let me ask you something, because you raised a question here. As I mentioned earlier, my father died in 1988 on my birthday. Now, just to give you a preface to this, the night before he called me, 
and he seemed to have more of a desire to talk to me on the phone than usual. Usually our conversations on the phone were very brief. He didn't come across as the kind of guy who liked to talk on the phone very much. But later on, I took it as him trying to wrap up his discussions with me, knowing that his time was very short. What do you think? I think that that does happen. And uh, this is also documented in the, uh, the dream literature. Um, and uh, people usually don't realize it until hindsight. You know, I, nobody thinks when they get a phone call from someone uh, that's emotionally energized that it means somebody's going to die soon. But we see in retro, you know, it makes sense in retrospect. I've got one. I think that um, uh, many of these people really don't know it consciously that they are about to pass over, but it, there's some sort of subconscious prompting that um, encourages them or prompts them to to do these uh, these things that sort of um, you know wrap things up with with the living and uh, putting the affairs in order. Uh, I just had a case recently with a, a young woman I knew. Uh, whose husband died unexpectedly and suddenly in his sleep. He was only 30 years old. And uh, yet in about a, a week or two before he died, he was suddenly very anxious to put his affairs in order. Well, how many 30-year-olds think about wills and estates and leaving things for the kids and whatnot? But um, he didn't say anything about thinking that he was going to die. He just had this urge to put all of his affairs in order. So something was going on from perhaps the perspective of the higher self there. Do you think then that people in general or in some cases know their time is short even if they can't verbalize it? Uh, I do think that many people have a sense on some level of consciousness. Uh, after 9-11, um, in fact, years after 9-11, uh, one of the surviving wives, and I quote some of her stories in my book, um, Bonnie McInerney, uh, collected some experiences of uh, other families, survivor families, and they talked about things like um, a spouse or a father making comments that indicated that he didn't think he was going to be around very long or he wasn't going to be present or that he was going to, uh, uh, that his life was going to end fairly soon. I won't be around. I, I'll never make it to age, whatever. Some of the remarks were rather chilling, uh, like um, a husband and wife who went on their usual summer vacation. And when the wife talked about what, what we're going to do next summer, in that context, the husband said, oh, I won't be around next summer. Just like that, just matter-of-factly, and it unsettled her greatly, and she didn't quite know how to answer that, and then, sure enough, you know, he was not around uh, the following summer. He was killed in, in the terrorist attack. Uh, there are also cases of uh, some of those people who were killed making uh, return visits, too, very dramatic return visits uh, to the living, usually to just say goodbye, don't, uh, don't grieve for me, I'm fine, it was my time to go. In some cases, there were settlings of estates, you know, where are missing papers and things like that. So, so these returning souls actually told them where to look for things? Um, yes, there have been actually some very unusual cases on, on record, even uh, going back to the days of Dante, who wrote, uh, you know, the Divine Comedy, Inferno, and Paradiso, right. and uh, Purgatorio. Rosemary, let's do that after the break. Describe that in more detail. 
Rosemary Ellen Guiley is with us. Chris O'Brien has taken the marbles out of his mouth. He's not using helium this time. You're in the afterlife. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources, Gold and Silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at one 800 686 2237 37 extension 130. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn 
more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. I knew he'd do it. Okay. Book is Dream Messages from the Afterlife from Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And you were talking about some case histories here. You want to get back to it? The unfinished business cases, there, there are some uh, really unusual ones on record. And uh, Dante died in 1321. And much to the consternation of his family, the, the final pages of his masterpiece, Divine Comedy, were missing. And nobody could find them. Uh, so it was like an incomplete masterpiece. Uh, they searched and searched. And then finally, his son had a dream, uh, re- one of these realistic dreams in which his father came to him and told him where the hiding place was. Nobody knew. And for reasons you know, that were never really explained from the standpoint of history, these missing pages had been hidden behind a mat that was hanging in a wall uh, in a house where he used to live. Now, why they were there. Uh, who knows? But uh, the family was able to retrieve them and then complete the, the uh, masterpiece. There's a case in parapsychology in the psychical research literature that uh, scientists tried to figure out what was going on, and that was a missing will. It was called the Chaffin Will Case, and it happened in the 1920s. Farmer died. Uh, he had a will that distributed all of his uh, property to his four sons. Then he changed his mind. Uh, rewrote the will, left it all to one son, didn't even leave anything to his wife, and, and died. And so all, all the uh, estate went to the one son, and nobody contested the will. Several years later, one of the other sons started having these dream visits from his father, where his father was very agitated uh, in the dream, coming to his bedside, and in a very agitated state, uh, telling his son to that he, that he had to get the, the will. Because apparently, he had re- changed his mind, about the the distribution again and had written an, a new will, sewn it up in the inside coat of a pocket and didn't tell anybody. Now it turned out that, and nobody knew about the existence of this will. So it turned out that they still had the coat. They found the will. They took it to court. The uh, widow of the son who got all the estate uh, contested it. She lost. The re- remaining estate was redistributed. And parapsychologists studied this case, trying to figure out, did the son, um, the son who didn't get anything, did he discover the will and then concoct this story? Was this clairvoyance? Was it a real dream visit? They came up uh, with an, um, no conclusion that there were four possible scenarios that could explain this event, none of which could be proved. And so we were left with this evidence in support of his testimony that he had had genuine dream visits from his father. Uh, why did this go on? You know, why did four years elapse 
that's a very unusual amount of time. But that's one of the strangest cases on record. Wow. Well, getting back to uh, if you know this, the whole subject of people having a sense of when they're going to pass over. Let me relate a personal story. I was reunited with my birth mother after 41 years in 2001 and uh, was able to spend uh, you know, a fairly good amount of quality time with her before she died in 2000, late 2003. Well, the day she died, it was on Christmas Day, of course. <laughs> and uh, I was having a small get-together uh, in, at my house, and the phone rang. Uh, it, was, it was her. She had been in the hospital for two weeks. After, you know, myself and my three brothers had gone out and for the first time, you know, all five of us were together in the same room, which was quite something. We spent four days together. The day we left, uh, she went into the hospital and uh, where she subsequently died. But on the day she died, I got a phone call and it was her. And she said she just was calling to wish me, uh, you know, uh, I was going to call her later on, but she beat me to the punch. And she said she just wanted to wish me a Merry Christmas and that she was. Her life was now vindicated. Uh, she had lost her sons, but now she found them, and she felt like uh, her life was complete, and she just wanted to tell me that she loved me, and she hung up the phone. And minutes later, I got a call from the nurse saying, when your mom, I was in the room, and when your mom hung up the phone, she laid down and died. And, uh, you know, there was a, a no, you know, do not resuscitate um, uh, thing in place, so it took her a few minutes before uh, she called me, but the nurse said it was, she was amazed because <laughs> she stood there and watched this happen. So I have a feeling she knew she was going to die, and she just held out long enough to make that phone call, which uh, kind of warmed my heart, I must say. And, and, but I wish she died on Halloween and not Christmas. <laughs> that is a beautiful experience, though, uh, Chris. And there are cases on a record of the terminally ill who are in the, the final stages. Uh, of life, you know, they're going through the dying process. They have these bursts of energy where sometimes the, the people who are present around them think that there's going to be a miraculous recovery. And then within minutes after that, they're gone. If they've been uh, in, in comas, they suddenly wake up, sit up, say things. Uh, they look refreshed and rejuvenated. Uh, and then, boom, they're gone. Uh, so it doesn't happen in all cases, but it, it has been documented uh, by the uh, medical and also the parapsychology people who studied deathbed visions. Let me ask you a question that occurs to me here. Do we find a greater percentage of deaths around family events, holidays, things like that? Yeah, usually, if, if anything, people will, if, if they seem to be able to have a choice in the matter, they will hold off dying on important uh, days and dates like that. Uh, they will wait for the, those to pass, uh, and also for holidays as well. And we find these cases usually with people who have um, had terminal illness. You know, they've had a long process uh, of dying. Uh, and it's, it's as though they, they don't want to upset the living by by going uh, at certain times, but then others don't, uh, don't seem to have those options, you know, like, like Chris's uh, birth mom, you know, uh, passing on Christmas day, which, you know, for most people is, is an emotionally uh, difficult experience then to have to relive every time the holiday comes around. You wonder why do they do that? 
Well, these are there are some questions that we don't have any good answers to. Uh, I think if all of us could choose the optimum circumstances of our uh, our passing, uh, we would all have peaceful deaths, um, and they would never be at a time that that would be uh, they they would or let's put it this way they would they would be at a time that would be um, have a, a minimal emotional impact uh, on uh, loved ones. Uh, not that someone's passing is ever minimal, but we would try and minimize the the shock as much as possible. Well, you certainly wouldn't want them to have a long illness. As I mentioned, my father was quite healthy till the end of his days, and he was playing cards with his friends, and he died of a heart attack. But it was quick. My brother died in his sleep. So again, there was no history of a painful end. I do not recall anything about him having some kind of Serious illness. It just happened. I think if you're going to go, you might as well just go, not have to endure the pain, recovering from cancer surgery or something. We have Rosemary Ellen Guiley. The book is Dream Messages from the Afterlife with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV 
great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338 and talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins and herbs. utopiasilver.com Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, the book Dream Messages from the Afterlife. Rosemary, did any specific instance or incident in your life help inspire you to write this book? I've had an interest in the spiritual dimensions of dreams since I was young, Jean. My mom had a lot of precognitive dreams, um, and I, I never had the, the type of dreams that she had in that regard. There were other ways that psychic things manifested for me, but I became fascinated as an adolescent by her precognition in dreams, and they were usually disturbing dreams uh, about people dying, either people in the news or acquaintances, things like that. And they were very distressing to her, as as they would be to anyone who would have these these sorts of experiences. But but for me, as an adolescent, it was amazing to me that dreams could look into the future. And uh, so I started reading uh, up about dreams and um, psychic faculties, telepathy, things like that. And um, I started experimenting with my dreams. I experimented uh, doing astral uh, traveling in dreams, sending people messages, getting messages, um, and all with uh, enough success to convince me that there was really something very powerful about dreams that connected us to something greater than our reality. Uh, My father died uh, quite suddenly when I was in my early 30s, and I did have a dream visit from him. 
And uh, that was very significant to me in exploring this particular dimension of dreaming. I mentioned that the dream uh, people come for unfinished business, and uh, sometimes we also help the dead make their transition too. Um, and not everyone is comfortable going when they're going. Well, my dad was a very active man. Uh, he was retired. He was in his seventies when he died, but um, um, he was retired. Had a lot of hobbies and a lot of activities, and he had an aneurysm. Uh, well, the first aneurysm didn't get him, but he had another aneurysm that eighteen months later did, and he died on the operating table. Uh, 3,000 miles away in Seattle, and I was out in New York. So, of course, I had the shock. Um, I had, uh, you know, no closure. You know, I wasn't present. So I I had a lot of emotional um, things to deal with, and I was very close with him. Uh, There were some unusual aspects to, to this dream. Well, two weeks after he died, I had a dream visit from him in which the two of us were in my parents' house in the living room, uh, sitting opposite each other in chairs. And um, the dream had these unusual characteristics that I described earlier of uh, an electrical atmosphere, lucidity, uh, the tactile sensations and whatnot. And I'm looking at dad and I know he's dead. And I know that dad knows he's dead. And dad knows that I know he's dead. And uh, I said to him, dad, what are you doing here? You can't be here. You're dead. You know, he's, he's not happy because all this unfinished business, you know, all the things that he still wanted to get done. And, well, nobody ever dies with their calendar completely closed, you know. So in the dream, we have this long conversation about why he can't stay. At the end of the dream, I see him going off into what looks like a big building. And I know it's in the afterlife. And I know that dad has, he's decided to go. He's not going to hang around. And I felt after this dream that I had helped my dad come to terms and and make his transition. It was as real to me as um, meeting somebody here in waking life. Well, the clincher for me was that months later, and I never mentioned this dream to my mother, months later, I was talking to my mom. And she said that for two weeks after dad had died, she could feel him in the house. She knew he was there. And she knew exactly where he was sitting. He liked to sit in his favorite chair. She would come in and feel, she couldn't see him, but she could feel his, she described it as like an electrical presence in the house. And she was wondering why he was still hanging around. And that presence went away after I had that dream. And she said, you know, two weeks after, you know, I checked the, you know, approximate date with her because I'd written it down in my dream diary to, uh, at the time I had my dream, his presence ceased to be in the house. And she did not know I had that, that dream. Rosemary, let's go back to your mom and her dreams of precognition. Were they always about well-known people? No. In fact, most of the dreams were about people within the circle of her personal life. She did have a dream about President John F. Kennedy. And she did not have a dream about any of the details of his assassination or a date or anything like that. But her precognitive dreams would usually happen within two to three weeks of someone's passing. And sometimes she would know who it was going to be, but not when. Sometimes she would just know that it was going to be someone, a a certain family member, like a certain relative or within their family. And in in the president, President Kennedy's case, the the dream she had was that 
she was participating in the funeral cortege, not uh, walking down the street, but she was a spectator watching it go down the street. And uh, she knew that the president was dead. People who have precognitive dreams like that usually have some sort of hallmarks to them that they know that that's a precognitive dream and not a symbolic dream. And for my mother, the two distinguishing uh, factors were, uh, other than the intensity of the dream and the lucidity of it, um, a nauseated feeling in her stomach that she could feel in the dream and would still be present when she awakened, and also the presence of her own dead mother. And uh, her dead mother was with her um, while she was watching this uh, cortege go down the street. And uh, when news broke about President uh, Kennedy uh, being assassinated, uh, I mean, she was shocked, of course, but she had already had this certainty that something was was going to happen to him soon uh, and that he was going to die. She didn't know how. When she saw the the funeral procession on the street, it was exactly like the scene out of her dream. Uh, and um, uh, most of the time, as I mentioned, they were family members. There was a, another case uh, where she was she was worried that my dad was going to die. He had a heart condition, and she she had one of these dreams. His name was Don. She had a dream that she got news that Don died of a heart attack. Now, my dad traveled a lot in business, so he could be away for weeks, even uh, months at a time. And uh, he was away when she had this dream, and she was very concerned that she was going to get word that dad passed away. Well, uh, the husband of a friend of ours, whose name was Don, died within two weeks of that dream, uh, and he, he died of a heart attack. So sometimes these precognitive dreams are not entirely, we don't get the whole picture. Um, I, I hear a lot of that, and I see a lot of that in the literature, that people know something's going to happen, but they don't have quite all the information, and it, it's very distressing. Right, or they get the, the name right, or, but the person wrong, as you just described. Well, now you mentioned the uh, the assassination of JFK, uh, and this brings us to uh, the whole fairly famous uh, subject of Gene Dixon uh, allegedly predicting to, I guess, confidants that, that she had this uh, precognitive sense that that Kennedy was going to uh, to die. Um, how about other mediums? Uh, there's this uh, what's her name, uh, the Long Island medium. Uh, uh, Teresa, I think Caputo. What do you think of uh, some of the claims that um, people who have been helped by her have made, and some of the controversy uh, that has arisen surrounding the show by skeptics? James Randi, I think, blasted her as being a charlatan, etc. Uh, there's been some magazine articles that have outed her as some sort of charlatan. What do you think about that? I mean, two million people on average a week tune into this show. It's very popular. People, uh, do you think that there there are mediums that have that ability like that? Rosemary, let's hold that answer for a second. Her book is called Dream Messages from the Afterlife. Her site is visionaryliving.com, where you can order the books and learn about her work. You're here with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Minds think alike. The 
network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So, there he is, the para Chris O'Brien with the whatever Gene Steinberg and Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Chris asked her a question in our previous segment. Rosemary? Uh, People love that show, The Long Island Medium, and uh, uh, Teresa does seem to help many people. I don't know her personally, so I've I've never had any experience that uh, I could use as a a personal evaluation, and that's all I would be able to make as a personal evaluation uh, meaningful for me. I mean, James Randi calls all these people frauds and fakes. Uh, regardless of of um, the evidence that they are able to to put forward, the pros and cons of the TV shows are that e- even if you get a person with uh, legitimate talent, the requirements of TV for entertainment purposes uh, are going to be that you know things are going to have to be pumped up and embellished in some ways. And uh, well, I can't say. Uh, that that does happen on that show it happens on most of these paranormal reality shows yeah well yeah that's a hazard i think people have to take that into consideration but it doesn't mean that she doesn't have genuine ability Uh, i've never heard of a medium or met a medium that's a hundred percent anyway that's uh, 100% accurate all of the time and um, you know many of them have uh, who've tried to be uh, perfect uh, they've they've really done themselves a lot of harm because uh, they can't they can't yeah, be perfect. it's Im- virtually impossible. Well, why have you avoided? Uh, I'm sure many kind of fishing expeditions by the media to have you in uh, you know as the subject of a, of a show. I'm sure you've been approached by Hollywood to uh, do Rosemary I, uh, Ellen Guiley presents or or have some. <laughs> show based around your work um what do you what do you think about uh the treatment of these subjects in hollywood and and how have you responded to requests uh you know to have you as a star of a show there are some things that i'm very happy to do uh, for tv and other things that i'm not and i've turned down some shows that you know want evidence to be embellished or i mean let's face it even fabricated sometimes i've seen cases of just out and out fabrication of evidence the trend has been very discouraging uh for participating in a lot of these shows and uh, i was on one we did the filming for it oh two or three years ago uh, before it finally made its way to the states and uh, we'll not name the show by name, but they totally fabricated one of my significant experiences that they interviewed me about and, and completely ignored uh, all of my research and conclusions and comments on the phenomenon that they wanted to portray and totally fabricated my experience that they portrayed uh, on television. And I was absolutely furious when I saw it. 
Um, and it's this sort of thing that, that makes you just not want to participate in that medium altogether. But that's the unfortunate trend on these shows. And there are just way too many people who are willing to, to participate because they think it's going to make them famous. <laughs> right. Careful what you wish for. Yes, I, I can uh, definitely identify with, uh, with your experiences. I've been in the same position actually now three times that they've tried to approach me to do my own show. And I've, you know, I've, I've very quickly found out that they didn't get it. And, you know, in the case of my San Luis Valley uh, research and investigations, uh, I've always thought that the place was the star, not me. I'm just facilitating more knowledge about a wonderful location. And unless you go 180 degrees to the idea that the place is a star and that the people are supplementing the place, then if they don't get that, then they don't get me. So I can appreciate where you're coming with that. This show Ancient Aliens is, is, a, is an example of, of shows that, that really educate people about the past, but then they take certain liberties, I think, in, in, in how they present information, how they present conclusions. and. I think it's a trend, as you pointed out, that's not going in the in the right direction. Well, let's let's move in a little different direction here today, and continue on with some listener questions. I we've got a bunch, and we've asked some already. You've answered some that have yet to be asked. But here's an interesting one. This is kind of a a, a conundrum in my mind. And uh, Techno Magit, uh, who is a longtime poster at Paracast uh, at the Paracast forums, asked. How do ghosts and reincarnation coexist if both are real? What are ghosts? Are they spirits that haven't moved, moved on to be reincarnated? Uh, where do you come down with reincarnation, first of all? And then how do ghosts and reincarnation coexist? I do believe in reincarnation, uh, and I have since uh, a very young age. It's the only explanation that makes sense to me. I, uh, I, I can't accept the idea of an eternal afterlife. Um, you know, you're a blip on the cosmic landscape in a physical life, and then you spend eternity in, in one, one state, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, actually, you, you don't reconcile ghosts and reincarnation, at least not in my view, because uh, ghosts are residues. There's, I've come to the conclusion after hundreds and hundreds of paranormal investigations that what, we, what most people call ghosts are simply imprints. Um, there's, uh, there's not an intelligence to them. There's uh, not a soul aspect, they're imprints left behind by the living, they're energy patterns, and they're repetitive, they're, uh, for the most part, non-interactive, and they fade away over time. So um, I think that that's what we call a ghost. Uh, there are people who get stuck for a while, who are earthbound, either by choice or accident, uh, but I think that they eventually find their way into the afterlife. So the evidence for the afterlife comes through uh, people's recollections, through spontaneous recall. Those are the most dramatic cases, especially among children. Um, and speaking of television shows, uh, one of them that is quite interesting is called The Ghost Inside My Child. Very badly named because it has nothing to do with ghosts. It's about children who have very profound and detailed memories of past lives that are then historically uh, authenticated. And uh, that's really the best evidence in support of reincarnation and then to a certain extent past life regression. The hazards there is you're in an altered state and uh, how, how much of your regression is affected by 
you know, things that can creep in and contaminate that. Um, but nonetheless, people do have some some very dramatic uh, past life regressions that explain a lot of things uh, to them in the present and even heal a lot of things. Yeah. Let well, me ask course, you a fast question here, which kind of relates to some of this. And that is, you know, we have all these reports of accurate predictions of events and stuff like that. Is there any possibility here of selective memories, which is 99 times out of 100, we get it wrong, but when we get it right, we think about that and forget the wrong guesses? Um, you mean in terms of precognitive dreams? Anything that may have a factual basis to it. Oh, uh, well, selective memory. Uh, yes, that's uh, actually a, a question that's been raised by uh, parapsychologists and uh, especially in light of, uh, of past life memories, the, the whole um, repressed memory sort of thing. I believe uh, Lawrence Lachan examined that in, in some of his books. Uh, and he cited an example where uh, he felt that he had had a past life in, in a certain period of time. and. Um, you know, then he wondered, you know, had uh, had things that he'd seen on television or read even at a young age and forgotten. Um, could that have comprised what he felt was, um, you know, a connection to a past life? So we can selectively forget and we can selectively remember. And uh, it, it all gets to be very murky in many cases. Do you have a follow-up on that, Jane, or do you want me to take it? No, I'm going to go with that for right now. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, we have some more questions, and uh, I think some of them are, are, are pretty interesting. Um, what do you think of the recent announcement by the Pope? Now, I haven't read the article or seen the actual quotes, but correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't it's Pope Francis now, correct? Um, I believe so, but... Yeah. Uh, if Didn't he say something last week, something to the effect of that hell was a construct made up by the uh, by the Roman Catholic Church? Do, do you recall seeing anything about that? I have not seen that. Um, the Pope certainly has been making some interesting statements. And uh, actually, I find it very refreshing because I think we really do need to get away uh, from this idea that the afterlife is a static, uh, right. eternal place of either pleasure or pain. Or if you're an unbaptized baby, limbo. Yes. <laughs> that was always my favorite is the. Uh, I'll tell stage. you what, right now we're going to be in limbo if we don't do this break. Rosemary <laughs> Ellen Guiley joining Gene and Chris. You like that, huh? <laughs> you're in the Paracast. just an alternative to the mainstream media we're the premier independent talk radio network we are gcn hi this is ted anderson if you'd like to listen to gcn programs on the go i have great news gcn has created a droid and iphone application and it's free just as easy as going to gcnlive.com click on the banner and download before you know it you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting gcn shows live or on demand right on your droid or iphone 24 7 and on the go so download the droid and iphone app free by clicking on the banner at gcnlive.com thanks again for listening to gcnlive.com again that's gcnlive.com 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Gene, I set you up good with that one. You sure did. You know, I didn't even write that for you. It just came out of thin air. You divined. The need well, to have the a smart limbo, heaven, segue. Hell. These are, as Rosemary stated uh, in the past, uh, at the end of the last segment, that these are static conditions, static places. And Technomagid has another question um, that addresses that very topic and says, can a Christian heaven slash hell coexist with reincarnation without contradiction? And I guess the, the short answer would be no. Uh, no, because in, in the concepts of reincarnation, things are fluid and, and you, you progress through incarnations. You know, there are differing views and even testimonies from, from the dead on this sort of thing um, as to how much choice we have in an incarnation. But uh, time spent in the afterlife is uh, spent in preparation for another incarnation. So you wouldn't be stuck in an eternal heaven or hell. Um, in, it's always seemed to me that um, this scenario of the afterlife was just used as a club to, um, to get people in, in line and tow the right, mark. It's a control, a control mechanism. Exactly. Uh, you know, obey the authority of the church, because if there was such a thing as reincarnation and second chances and um, redemption in that way versus all through the church, then who needs the church? More people are having uh, spiritual experiences that are demonstrating these other scenarios that, in fact, there may be many possibilities. Uh, and getting back to our earlier discussion about, you know, what do people experience in the afterlife? Is it like, a, you know, a self-catered uh, experience? Uh, to a certain extent, I think, yes, it, it, initially it, it's going to meet 
your expectations or perhaps even your fears, and we have NDEs where people feel that they've glimpsed a hell that they're afraid they're going to go into. Uh, for a, a fundamentalist Christian, uh, their initial experience of the afterlife um, might conform to that, that they're going to be, uh, you know, greeted by angels and Jesus and sit at the right hand of God and prepare themselves for an eternity of unending but static, you know, peace and, and, and happiness. Um, my own belief is that it, that, uh, that might be the initial experience, but then that gives way to a bigger picture of the afterlife and, and the soul moves into uh, another state of being and awareness. Yeah. Do, do you want to follow up on that, Jane? I've got other questions here. Some people say you're in the paracast. Others say you're in the question groove. Chris. Well, this comes from a, one of our recent signups at forum.theparacast.com. Her name is Constance. And, um, she also helped edit my book. So this is uh, fun to read a question from, from Jean down in Florida. She has several questions. Let's uh, take them one at a time. Um, have you experienced, Rosemary, or do you know of others who have experienced being suddenly awakened from a deep sleep by hearing the voice of a well-known discarnate nearby in the room with you? Like actually being awakened by the sound of a voice in the room, for instance. I think she's, that, that's what she's getting at. Uh, yes, it's called Direct Voice Dreaming, and uh, I have written about it in one or more of my dream books uh, where people are awakened from sleep, and it's like a big voice booming uh, literally in the air around them. And uh, these are uh, often part of um, transition dreams. Uh, they often occur to people uh, when they're going through major life changes they're at a crossroads, uh, some big things are about to happen, and uh, the voice of authority will, as people, that's how they describe it, it's like a voice of authority or the voice of God even, will say Don't something. do that. <laughs> and or it, do that. Go with it, baby. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. It's often predictive in nature. Right. Um, I'm off the top of my head. I'm not aware of any cases where the voice is identified with a well-known dead person. People usually describe it as like the voice of God or a big uh, authority voice. Um, I remember one case I, I described in one of my dream books, um, a woman who was leading a very, which, which she felt was a very comfortable life. And she had this, this direct voice dream where the, the voice uh, told her that um, you will move, people will die. And it was something to that effect. And within months, her whole life had changed. You know, she was divorced. People around her who were good friends or family members had died. She'd moved. She'd changed careers. Um, and she felt that somehow this, this voice had prepared her in some way, even though initially she didn't know what to think of it. But um, I guess the short answer to the question is, yes, these kinds of dreams do occur. Okay, well, here's one. I'm I'm wondering if Constance has had these things happen to her, and because of the way she's asking the questions. Um, the second one is: Have you experienced a sense while awake of the presence of a beloved disincarnate's consciousness occupying a space adjacent to your own consciousness, and experiencing that individual's emotional state? Um. That's described uh, quite a bit in what's called the after-death communications literature. 
And um, one of the first books that was a big hit uh, in that regard was uh, Hello from Heaven by Bill and Judy Guggenheim. And uh, there have been other books since then that um, describe the contact experiences that people have with the dead. And uh, in uh, many times people will describe being in waking consciousness and then suddenly feeling the presence of uh, someone that they can identify the person who's, who they can't see, but they feel it very um, palpably, uh, often next to them. Uh, and uh, the presence may just last a, a few seconds. Uh, there may be some sort of um, telepathic communication or maybe just a sense of a presence. Um, and uh, that's described quite a bit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I may have even had something like that uh, happen to me once or twice. But I, I think back in college, that may have been due to um, other factors. <laughs> Possibly uh, what I had imbibed. Um Here's uh, Constance's last question, and I think it may be coming from a personal experience, but I'm not sure. Have you, Rosemary, experienced or know of anyone else who has experienced a, a rapid, sudden upsurge of powerful energy within your body that you sensed or knew was being produced by a, a beloved dis disincarnate, and it was powerful enough to cause a strong physical reaction in your body? For example, throwing your arms upward, the energy apparently exiting at your fingertips, followed by trembling in your arms and upper body, lasting for 10 or 15 minutes. Sounds like uh, Constance has had a couple of interesting experiences. Now, have you ever heard of this kind of actual real physical manipulation of the, of the receiver of this type of uh, energy? It, it sounds like she's describing a, a kind of kundalini uh, rising, you know, a sudden burst of Kundalini energy, and uh, I, uh, I've not had that experience myself. Um, but many people who describe feeling the sudden presence uh, of someone who's passed on, and yes, I have had that experience myself, where it's like, oh, so and so is here, uh, and you know, you you can feel their presence uh, near you. Um, they do describe. Uh, sensory phenomena like a tingling of the skin, a buzzing uh, maybe in the ears, a rush of energy. I, I haven't um, encountered anything quite as dramatic as what she's described. But it could very well be that uh, if, if you're discarnate and you're in another form of energy, um, that could definitely affect your own energy field. Right. And I, I think a lot of it would depend upon the sensitivity of, of, of the living. The book no. is called Dream Messages from the Afterlife. The author here is Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Her site is visionaryliving.com, where she talks about her work and about all her books. You can also buy her books there. And I bet if you begged her, she'd even autograph a copy, right? I, I'm sure I could do that. All right. You see, she had to think about it. I'm kidding. With <laughs> Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, 
Tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets. But fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use. You just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let me ask you a question here, Rosemary, before we get back to listener questions. 
misconceptions. What misconceptions do you find people have about afterlife-related matter? Well, for me, uh, and I have to uh, look at this from my own perspective, since I have, um, you know, um, a very expanded view of the afterlife. Um, if people think the afterlife is a place of reward or punishment, um, I think that's uh, a misconception and that's been perpetrated upon us uh, for centuries uh, via, uh, via religion. And um, I think that would be the biggest one. I'm not sure, quite sure uh, where to go on that one, Gene. I think it's a question of maybe answering listeners' questions, concerns about such things. Because obviously, our picture of the afterlife is so much framed by what we see on TV and in the movies. I think, for example, of the TV show Being Human in its last season in the USA version, where you have one character who is a ghost, and we see her waiting for that door. She's kind of existing in this stage where those with supernatural capabilities, the werewolf and the vampire, can see her, but nobody else can, and she interacts with them, but apparently she's waiting for that entrance to her reward, whatever that is. Uh, the door symbolism in, in that uh, TV series, which, which I do like, I really enjoy it, um, is, is interesting because um, when people become earthbound, Sometimes they stay because um, they've got unfinished business that they don't want to let go of or they're looking for revenge or uh, something that's compelling them to, to stay. Sometimes they're lost and confused if they've had a sudden death. But um, the mediums that, that uh, I've worked with in spirit releasement, when they uh, attempt to, to help a soul across, uh, there is a symbol that usually appears um, from the medium's perspective about the point of transition. And it's often a bridge, uh, but sometimes it's a doorway. And uh, the process uh, is usually uh, one of communicating with the, the earthbound person and finding out what their issues are and uh, persuading them that it's time to move on and then helping them find that point of transition and also uh, the greeting party on the other side. And that seems to be very important, too, that uh, somebody that they know, uh, even an animal, is waiting on the other side to help them um, make it across. But the, the doorway does have some basis in the spiritual reality. Now, in the TV series Being Human, that's in the last season on the sci-fi network the ghost character the character's name is sally she's the victim of a murder where her boyfriend who happened to own the house in which she haunts at least part of the time threw her down the stairs that's the backstory of the character it gets pretty crazy though uh, like all good tv shows it uh, veers off into some very creative ways the whole werewolf, that's another problem for me, is this whole werewolf thing uh, yeah. with these, uh, you know, bands of people running around uh, owning their wolf part. And a lot of that gets in, into pure fantasy, I think. Wolf, uh, but wolf, it's entertaining. Wolf. Well, speaking of animals, uh, here's another question from Technomagic. Is the afterlife, Rosemary, only limited to humans and sentient species? Or do animals like dogs, cats, chimpanzees, dolphins, whales, etc.? also have an afterlife is there any scientific data that can support any sort of afterlife for animals and i'll be interested to hear your answer 
I don't think uh, we can rely on scientific data. Uh, I mean, these are all subjective experiences, of course. Right. But I do believe that animals have souls and that they go to an afterlife, too. Uh, and people will have uh, after uh, post-death reunions with, with their pets as well in very dramatic ways. Yeah, that's actually fairly common. It is. Uh, and I do have a chapter on animals in my book. Uh, they, they are equally powerful for people because we are so connected to our pets. I'd like to mention one very odd experience that was documented in the psychical research literature in the early 20th century. And it happened to a man in England. And uh, he had a hunting dog named Bob. And one night he had um, a very vivid dream that uh, Bob was drowning and was calling out to him for help. And it seemed like this animal could communicate with him. It was asking him for help and was drowning. And it was so real that it, it shook him awake and he was really upset by it. So he shared it with his family the next day. They all kind of laughed it off. Well, Bob went missing that day. Bob didn't come around for his meals. And uh, so a search went out for him, and uh, the dog's uh, carcass uh, was found in a river by two railroad workers. The poor dog had uh, been hit by a train, um, flung off into, and flung off into the river. Um, a vet claimed that probably the impact uh, should have killed the dog instantly, but the man could not get it out of his head that that at the and the the dog uh, you know he'd had the dream on the night of the dog's death that that bob drowned and that in his final moments was calling out to him for help and he said i'm not sure why i had this dream um i like bob you know i thought he was a wonderful dog he wasn't my favorite dog he was really my daughter's dog uh, but i really think that for reasons we don't understand, Bob called out to me in his last moments of life. And that was uh, researched by psychical uh, researchers. So much interesting about pets. And one person was mentioning to me that sometimes the pet chooses its master as much as you choose the pet. And the only way I'll define that is our dog Teddy Bear is a Bichon. He's a rescue. He was taken in by an organization called Bichon for Kids, F-U-R. The site is bichonforkids.com if you want to check them out and maybe even get your own pet. And we had to literally apply for the privilege of adopting him. And supposedly, they prepped him, however they prep him for this. And we went, when we met him and we drove from Phoenix to San Diego to pick him up, he was all primed and ready for us. He was on his best behavior. He was happy. He was ready for us. And I started thinking at that point as we took him home, you know what? Did we really choose this guy or is he just waiting for us to find him? It probably was a little Godfather. bit about a little bit about both. Uh, there are so many cases where people feel their pets have reincarnated and come back to be with them. All right. That's interesting. Do we have uh, any sort of anecdotal uh, information on that in that regard? It has to be a quick anecdote. We have 45 seconds for the segment, but you can start. Uh, oftentimes, the animal will have the same characteristics, the same physical characteristics, or the same personality as the previous uh, pet. 
And I've discussed some of these accounts. I, I get a lot of them uh, in emails, and I've published a lot of them in my newsletter, Strange Dimensions, which people can read on my website, visionaryliving.com. And uh, people are convinced that, uh, uh, you know, one pet wants to be with them again, and it finds them, sometimes through adoption, uh, in another form. Ooh. We have Rosemary Ellen Guiley. The book is Dream Messages from the Afterlife. We're also talking about your pets. We'll change this to Pets from the Afterlife, I guess. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com and all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. It's time to get your green on with the great green sale from Freeze-Dry Guy. Now through St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, cases of delicious freeze-dried vegetables, green beans, and green peas are now on sale at veteran-owned freezedryguy.com. You don't need to be Irish to feel like you have pots of gold with a healthy supply of these delicious, nutritious green vegetables. They're perfect for your emergency preparedness needs or outdoor activities from camping to RV travel. Green beans and green peas. Easy to prepare, easy to enjoy, and now easier than ever to buy. How about some green backs in your wallet or purse just for ordering? Act now and Freeze Dry Guy will give you $25 in survival bucks for every case you purchase by St. Patty's Day. So get your green on now, veggie lovers. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com.
It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I thought Chris was going to say woof woof. The woof woof. (laughs) Reminds me of that crazy Christmas record where jingle bells being sung by the barking dogs or something like that. In fact, Chris is the guy who did the voices. No, he wasn't. I don't even think Chris was <laughs> born when they had that. Rosemary Ellen Guiley joining us. We have questions from listeners. A couple of segments left. Have we gone through all of them yet, Chris? Um, there are still a few left, but, but here's one, Rosemary. I've got to ask this. We have, as you know, our... Our listening audience uh, runs the gamut from, uh, you know, credentialed scientists, uh, engineers, uh, you know, ex-military. And a lot of them are highly skeptical of, of research that relies on mostly anecdotal reports. I'm sure over the course of the many years that you've written 50-plus books, nine encyclopedias, you get that, that person that comes up to you and says, Rosemary, you know, you've done all this work and everything. How can I suspend my scientific disbelief and buy into any of this? Um, you know, your past uh, appearances uh, related to the gin, for instance, have sparked some real pointed debate over the validity of uh, some of, you know, your conclusions that you've come up with. Um, how do you reconcile uh, some of these highly skeptical people uh, coming to you and saying, well, there is no proof for any of this, that this is all just entertainment. Um, how would you direct somebody in the direction of changing their very static, em- empiri- what's it called, empirical view of these things? Um, I mean, w- how can you take a hard-boiled skeptic and get them to open up to the possibilities of the many uh, things, not only dreams and the gin and other uh, you know, elementals and other uh, subjects that you cover, how, how do you get them to open up to the possibility that your research is valid? Uh, these are uh, some pretty sticky questions that anyone in metaphysics or the paranormal uh, comes up against time and time again. And certainly there have been many learned people over the, at least the past century or two that have attempted to uh, apply science to these areas, and they often come up wanting, uh, as anyone knows from a study of, of the literature. 
We've got some very convincing statistical analyses of ESP and PSI and PK. And, and beyond that, it all starts to fall apart scientifically uh, because you're dealing with these subjective experiences. And uh, here's the orientation on my work, and I'm very upfront about it. Uh, I'm an experiencer, and I have been from a very early age. So for me, these realities have been present. They've been part of my ordinary reality, so to speak. And I do not doubt that they exist. Most people come into inquiries and explorations of these subjects from their own personal experiences. The experience doesn't seem, um, these are, what should I say there, experiences happen uh, to the open-minded and to the skeptical alike. And uh, sometimes for people who uh, want to consider only science, uh, they can really shake up a worldview when people have some sort of experience that they can't fit into their uh, particular paradigm. And so what do we do with these experiences? Uh, well, we can either dismiss them because they don't fit science, in which case we shut ourselves off from uh, whatever they have to teach us, or, or we can embrace them and integrate them and try and figure them out as to their meaning. Uh, years ago, when I was um, much more involved in parapsychology, um, I met Rhea White, who's passed on now. She's in the afterlife, but she um, edited the journal of the American Society for Psychical Research for a number of years. And she also coined the term exceptional human experience because it became very apparent to her that we can, we can pile up thousands of statistics trying to demonstrate whether ESP exists. And what does that do for us? It doesn't really help us in the long run grapple with our personal experiences. And she said there really ought to be a way in this discipline for some applied approach to be pursued to, to help explain these experiences within the context of living. She founded this magazine called Exceptional Human Experience for people to talk about things like um, mystical experiences, paranormal experiences, dreams, near-death, uh, the whole gamut. And unfortunately, this, this is an idea. I, I always felt it had a lot of merit, uh, and it certainly supported my own view. And it, unfortunately, it still has no place in a scientific paradigm. So we're left with these worlds uh, and very slim bridges between them, um, if any bridges at all from, from some perspectives. I've been told by scientists, I went to an uh, international uh, conference on consciousness once and uh, attempted to talk to scientists about this, and I was told point blank that it was all, all in the head, it was all fantasy, there was nothing to it. And uh, I've never been able to accept that viewpoint, not only from my own experiences, but from my study of the history of human experiences. So the focus of my work really is orient oriented toward the how and why that we have these experiences. Clearly, human beings have been having extraordinary experiences throughout history, and they fall into certain patterns that are very consistent, regardless of how we explain them according to our the age uh, of history and the cultural context and whatnot. There are similar core elements to them. So why are we having these experiences? And um, we have, throughout history, attempted to integrate them with meaning 
into our lives and into our explanations of where we fit into the cosmic scheme of things. So I have made the judgment, the conclusion that these are important experiences. They have a numinous quality to them that is significant to the soul and, and to life's journey. So my work is really about what are these experiences? Um, how are we having them? How are our present experiences put into context with experiences of our ancestors? And what can we possibly derive a benefit from these experiences? How do we integrate them? And how are we um, making sense of them and deriving some personal and collective value from them? And of course, once again, all of this really falls outside of science. So uh, what I would have to say to the scientists is uh, that I hope at some point these yeah, don't uh, don't be too close minded, at least keep an open mind. Yeah, I mean, these, that's at the very least that uh, we'll we'll have some mechanism for for bridging these gaps. And maybe there will be changes in um, our scientific understanding of reality that will will help us get there. I, I think the whole concept of the multiverse and parallel dimensions uh, certainly uh, offer some avenues in that regard. Well, I think, you know, again, you have to keep an open mind uh, to the extent that you, you can't close yourself off from possibility. And I think you're a perfect example of somebody who has really taken that extra step forward and, and look for the patterns, look for the commonalities uh, down through history. And that's where I, I feel your work has, has very great value for someone who is uh, more skeptically inclined is, well, if that's the case, why do we see these types of things recurring over and over again in history? And you can almost categorize them and, and, and you can see patterns. And obviously, you know, the, the time period when, in which somebody is living is going to dictate some of the details. But we're seeing, you know, very similar categorically uh, experience type uh, effects through history. And I, I think that's an important fact. Well, let's get back. You know, we don't have much time here. I do have a few questions left, but um, here's one I think that um, brings us back to the whole idea of, of dreaming. And this comes from Wade Ridsdale, who is a longtime poster at forum.theparacast.com. He's rapidly approaching the 2500 Post Club. I'll tell uh, you what, let's hold off on Wade's question. Okay. To our next segment. Wade, I'm sorry about that. Okay, man? We have Rosemary Ellen Guiley joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. I know Wade was a very patient man for tolerating this break right at the beginning of his question, but here it is. Chris, <laughs> go ahead, please. Well, first I got a comment on his avatar of the leprechaun doing something quite obscene to the, uh, the severed head of Stephen Greer here. I mean, dude, you got to come up with a better avatar than this this is really over the top uh anyway getting back on uh, on the question here he says being that i'm a mid-level lucid dreamer i'm not sure what that means 
And I frequently consciously interact with my dreams, editing them on the fly, as it were. If such an occurrence would happen to me, how would I know it? Because I'm just as likely to create a simulation of contact. Well, that's assuming that anything that you direct in a lucid dream is uh, an artificial construct that has no meaning. Uh, And uh, I'm not a regular lucid dreamer myself. Um, I know a lot of lucid dreamers who have dream, lucid dreams almost every night. And, um, of course, um, I'm familiar with a lot of the studies done on lucid dreaming. And this, this is a whole other aspect of consciousness that um, we still don't know a whole lot about, this ability to enter the dream state and uh, direct the dream. And, of course, you know, the master of all was Robert Monroe, who learned how to do that. Um, usually in the the hypnagogic stages of sleep, uh, propelling himself out of body and then having these lucid uh, experiences. So why would we make the assumption that anything that we cause to happen uh, in a lucid dream state has any less reality than what we do in waking life? Uh, So uh, to me, it's a... The, the dream, these afterlife dream experiences that have lucidity in them, um, why would they be any more real or less real than a lucid dream? Um, right. Well, how do we know that the dream isn't reality and that our reality is the dream? Ooh. Of course, that, well, that, uh, that's been a philosophical question through the ages that um, uh, we're not, uh, that real life is the dream <laughs> and we're, we're having different, different levels of dreaming. So um, we, we have these different states of consciousness, and uh, I don't think that we can make the, we can discriminate that uh, one is, is real and has validity and another uh, does not. <laughs> yeah, I've often wondered that. Sometimes my life seems like a dream, and sometimes my dreams seem more real. <laughs> but uh, that's a whole nother show. Uh, okay, here's a good one. This is uh, another question from Polterwurst, who is, again, a longtime poster at forum.theparacast.com. For all you new listeners out there, join up. Get your questions answered by our guests here at the Paracast. Polterwurst asks, where is, quote-unquote, our consciousness during dreamless sleep or anesthesia? Good question. Um, it's... I would have to speculate on that one that um, it may be out of body. I, th- I think that whenever we dream, we go out of body uh, and um, that may happen during anesthesia. Uh, I'm not really certain about anesthesia, but um, in uh, dreamless, we, we do have stages where we are in dreamless sleep, but that um, could still mean that our consciousness is out doing something that we're just not aware of. Nobody really knows the answer to that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I like the concept, though, that our dreams are the reality, and our reality is a dream. So how do we wake up from this nightmare? (laughs) (laughs) I've wondered that, yes. (laughs) Well, that's the other question, too. Is our reality just a shared consciousness? Right, or some sort of software-generated construct. Uh, we also, by the way, had something here, some further discussion about the questions for Rosemary just posted in our forums. I don't think it's a question more than a comment. 
but just wanted to bring it to Chris's attention. We get these questions up until the last possible second. But I'm serious here. What do you think, Rosemary? How much of our reality is a shared reality that we're all sharing the same dream that we each contribute to somehow? I believe we we do live in a consensus reality and uh, that uh, we are constantly um, either reinforcing or even inventing this consensus reality that seems to function on um, a, a very remote level from ordinary waking consciousness. And um, what, what the mechanism behind that is, I, I can't even fathom, but um, uh, I, I do subscribe to the view that there are many parallel uh, realities where versions of ourselves exist uh, in other ways, doing other things. And uh, that's a whole different consensus reality. Well, that seems to raise the next question, which is, if you know there is a consensus reality, can you change the consensus? I believe we have a very limited ability at present to change the consensus reality. We might be able to uh, alter our own reality within certain parameters. Um, however, it would take a critical mass factor to, um, to alter consensus reality. Uh, now, mystics have addressed this. Sri Aurobindo, for example, um, talked about this, you know, superhuman that uh, we were going to evolve into, uh, but that it would require a, a um, in, in those terms, not his terms, but in those terms, a change in consensus reality to get past the need for physical death. And uh, he said that uh, when we realized that we didn't need to go through a physical death, that we could transform physically, uh, we, would, we would have this mass consciousness shift and go into a, another level of being, which some people would call the light body sort of being. But the, consci- the consensus reality for physical death is so deeply embedded in our cellular structure that he said, uh, you know, it's very difficult to overcome. Yeah, that's a big hurdle. It is. And now he did say, you know, that he was uh, going to come back from the dead himself. Um, but he didn't. So, I'm uh, still waiting for them to raise Houdini from the dead. That didn't quite work out so well. That's what, 90 years ago he died? Well, he said he was going to communicate uh, on a specific day, I think. Uh, wasn't it, Rosemary? Yes. Yeah. Every day of the year, keep, keep uh, tune in because I might be there. Unfortunately, he must have dialed the wrong. He must have dialed the wrong number. That's our problem with Houdini. He got a busy signal. Is that it? (laughs) Or maybe he tried to use a number you have reached has been disconnected. (laughs) Your your consensus reality number has been disconnected. (laughs) No carrier available. Yeah. Well, Rosemary, what are you working on now? Uh, you're a busy girl. I, you're constantly uh, running around, helping people, going, uh, you know, spreading the word about these wonderful subjects that that uh, you know are geared to open up us up to become more open-minded. What what's on your plate? What are you looking uh, forward to working on? I'm going to have um, several new books out this year. I'm working on another gin book, by the way, but that won't be out until next year. I have a book. Oh, that's on- the the hotspot book. Uh, yes. And, uh, that's, that's going to be a big work because I've collected a lot of material for that. 
Uh, and um, I have a book on black mirror scrying uh, as a tool for communicating with the dead. That will be out. A book on um, haunted objects that I'm doing with uh, John Zappas, spirits who get attached to objects and uh, create a lot of havoc. And um, a book on developing your miracle mind consciousness, uh, which gets into these areas in terms of how much can we change uh, reality through the, you know, the power of consciousness and uh, bring, you know, market remarkable changes into uh, daily life. Rosemary, would you tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff? Visionaryliving.com. And I have a library of articles. Um, You can sign up for my newsletter, Strange Dimensions. And uh, my books are there, too. I also have ginuniverse.com for uh, people who want to get into that aspect. Chris O'Brien's site is OurStrangePlanet.com. You can order a copy of Stalking the Herd Bear, and he will autograph it for you. He won't tell us with which hand. Our site's ThePowerCast.com. You can also check on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. There are two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Don't ask me to explain why, because maybe that's shared consciousness as well. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, thanks for joining us on The Paracast. Thank you very much. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.